Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. We are a church with a mission of inspiring ordinary people to live extraordinary lives for Christ. It really doesn't matter who you are, what you have done, or how you choose to worship. You belong here. We pray that this week's sermon blesses you and that you feel God's presence through it today. So today we are in week two of our sermon series called Facing Fear. And and as you guys know, what we're doing in this series is getting into what the Bible has to teach us about listening to facing and then hopefully ultimately overcoming all those fears that are keeping us from living into the life that is truly life. And to get things kicked off this morning, I want you guys to get really, really honest with yourselves. How many of you have a fear in your life that is holding you back? Anybody? For the rest of you who are not raising your hands, I'm just going to call you a liar. (laughs) Because we've all got something in our lives that we are dealing with. So the best way I know how to get into this topic, now that we set our foundation last week, talking about the gift of fear, is by starting with the night when Jesus faced his biggest fear. And oftentimes we don't think about Jesus having fear, but he did. So to set the scene for this story, this episode takes place on the night before Jesus was executed. And then after Jesus had the last supper with his disciples, this is how things play out. Matthew 26, 36 through 38. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he told his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee with him, and he began to be grieved in distress. Then he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. Now, for me, what's going on here is that Jesus really, for the first time, is starting to face the reality of the cross. Or in the same way, many of us feel the weight of difficult events as they draw closer and closer. I believe that's what's happening to Jesus in this moment. In that now that he's on the edge or now that he's on the precipice of being crucified, he is scared to death. Which, by the way, is exactly how he should feel, given that early the next morning, they're going to drive nails into his hands and feet, put him on the cross for the world to see as he slowly suffocates to death. Now, the first thing that that Jesus seems to do when facing his fear, which we oftentimes overlook, is Jesus accepts it for what it is. Or Jesus, instead of going into denial mode, or just pretending that nothing big is going on, or instead of running away, which is how many of us deal with fearful situations, Jesus accepts the situation for what it is, and he begins to respond. And the way he responds is not by trying to face this horrible situation all by himself. No, the way Jesus responds is by immediately going to his knees to ask for help. And he went a little beyond them, and he fell on his face and prayed. Or with all that emotion coursing through his body, trying to pull him in a thousand different directions as the fear comes in and begins to take over his life, because that's how fear works, right? His first response is to take all of that desperation, all of that fear, and to ask God for help. And this is how Jesus begins to pray. And I love this part of the prayer. It's so honest. My father, if it is possible... 
let this cup pass from me. My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Or notice how at first Jesus is completely and totally honest with God about what he thinks regarding this situation. In that he wants no part of the cross. Or now that this event is about to happen, he is begging God to keep him from going through all of this, to save him from all the pain and the agony that he is going to have to endure if he goes to the cross. But then after asking God to, to take this cup, or in a sense begging God not to let this happen, he follows up that prayer request by praying this. And this is the hard part. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Not as I will, but as you will. Or God, even though I want nothing to do with this, ultimately, this is up to you because you're the one who knows best. Not what I want, but what you want. But with that one prayer, Jesus is still not done facing his fear because after Jesus takes a break to kind of encourage his disciples, he goes back for a second time. Or this fear is so big that he has to not go back once, but twice, right? He went away for a second time praying, saying this, my father, if this cup cannot pass away unless I drink from it, your will be done. And what's interesting to me about this second prayer is that even though it's basically the same prayer, if you look at it closely, you will see that Jesus is starting to get what he's supposed to do, praying this time, if it can't be any other way, or if this has to happen, then even though I don't like it, I will do what you need me to do. Then again, after taking another break to, to check in on his disciples once more, he goes back for a third time, not once, not twice, but three times. And he left them again and went away and prayed a third time, saying the same thing once more. Father, if this cup cannot pass away unless I drink from it, your will be done. And with that, after Jesus seems to, to gain some clarity regarding what it is he needs to do, he stands up and faces his destiny head on. Behold. The hour is at hand. The Son of Man is being trade into the hands of sinners. Get up. Let's go. Behold, the one who is betraying me is near. Now, the way I interpret what's going on here is that even though Jesus has accepted what God is calling him to do by facing the cross, I'm pretty sure that, that with that decision, his fears just didn't magically melt away, right? And that somehow God miraculously entered into the situation and took away all of his grief and all of his fear, so this decision just became easy. No, what I think Jesus is doing here is Jesus is being courageous. And what I mean by being courageous has nothing to do with not feeling the fear of the moment and everything to do with feeling the fear and doing it anyway. Or to quote Nelson Mandela, a man who knows what it means to live a courageous life, he says this, I have learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. It seems to me as Jesus decides to face the cross, he is feeling the full weight of this event, all of that fear, but he chooses to do it anyway because that's what courage looks like. Or ultimately, that's how we conquer our fears. And as you all know, because Jesus faces and overcomes that, that fear of the cross, he goes on to take that instrument of death and destruction meant to silence him, meant to kill him, meant to wipe all of that out. And in turn, he uses that to save the world. 
or notice without the courage here, without Jesus feeling the fear and doing it anyway, there is no cross. Okay, so, so now that I've walked you through how Jesus went about facing his greatest fear, what I now want to show you is how when you take a step back and examine Jesus' experience, you're going to find a kind of paradigm or picture of what it looks like for all of us to face and overcome our fears. So, what you discover when you look at Jesus very, very closely as he is in the garden is there are three basic steps we all must take to face and overcome our fears. And those, are, are, and those steps are this. Accept, pray, respond. Very, very simple. Very, very easy. If you need this, I want you to write this down. Accept, pray, respond. In the same way Jesus faced his fear by, by taking these three steps, that's what we have to do to face and overcome whatever fear we might find ourselves running up against. Or to make this practical, let me, let me just walk you through an example that really kind of, for me at least, sets, sets the scene. It helps us to get what's, what Jesus is calling us to do. So for this example, and for some of you, you've lived through this. So if you've lived through this, just kind of go with me. What I want you to do is I want you to try to imagine that, that during your yearly checkup with a doctor, they discover something wrong with your heart. Something that's so significant that, that they're telling you that you're going to have to have open heart surgery if you want to survive. It's that big. Well, of course, when you're hit with that kind of bad news, and I know some of you have actually lived this, what happens, whether you're prepared for it or not, is, is fear just comes in and takes over, right? Or like Jesus facing his death, you are consumed and overwhelmed, not only by the thought of open heart surgery and what all that means, but also the possibility of death. Because it didn't get any scarier than death, Right? So according to what we've learned from Jesus, the first decision we have to make is to either accept this situation for what it is, or what's the other option? Deny, deny, deny. How many of you guys are really, really good at denial? Anybody? Those of you who don't raise your hands, you've got a denial problem. <laughs> right? And so what I mean by denial here is oftentimes when people face these overwhelming kind of fears, their response is not to accept it and face it head on, but to try to ignore it or, or to run away from it with the hope being that if they just ignore it or deny it long enough, then magically everything will work itself out. How many of you guys have tried this method before? Anybody? Did it work real well? No. The truth is, if we want to face our fears like Jesus, we have got to embrace it for what it is, no matter how hard it may be. Then once we have accepted that fear, the next thing we have to do is we have to pray. Or instead of trying to embrace this fear and then do it all on our own, which you know we, we kind of do, we like this rugged individualism, I can do it. What we need to do is we need to take all of those fears before God to first of all get the support and help we need in that dark place, right? Because God always walks with us. But that's also where we're going to find how it is that we need to respond. And the way we should pray when dealing with this kind of fear is just like Jesus, we need to start by being honest, right? God knows what's going on in our hearts. Or we need to take some time to tell God how we feel about this situation or how we would rather not go through open heart surgery because of all the risk and pain that are going to be involved. But then, after telling God what we think, also like Jesus, we need to end our prayer saying something like this. Not my will, but your will be done. Or God, you know I don't want to do this. 
But if this is something that needs to be done, let's do it. But remember, like with Jesus, you bringing your fear before God is probably not just going to be a one-time event and it's all said and done. No, this is probably going to be something that you bring back to God over and over and over again. Or based on my experiences, when I am dealing with the fear, this is not something I just bring to God one time, but something that I continue to bring to God over and over and over again. I mean, day after day, month after month, until finally I gain some clarity regarding how God is calling me to respond. And then another important thing I would like to add to this step, because most of us don't have direct access to God, I also believe it's a great idea to ask others for help. And the reason I believe this is because in my experience, oftentimes the way God speaks to me or the way God goes about answering my prayers is by using other people to help me gain some clarity. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Or to go back to our example, right? After you receive the news that, that you need open heart surgery, at the same time you, you take all of that fear before God and ask him for help, it's also a good idea to take all of that and ask those that you love and trust the most what they think. And then the other thing, you also need to listen to the experts. Because remember, oftentimes the experts are the very people that God has called to devote themselves to, to saving and healing people in your particular situation, right? They can be an answer to prayer. What they've been doing, that's something that God has called them to do, so it's good to listen to the experts. And then finally, after we accepted and prayed through our fears, hopefully gaining some clarity regarding which way to go, it's time to respond. And there's two ways to respond to fear. We can either walk away or we can get courageous. Walk away or get courageous. That's the only two options you have when facing your fear. Now, when it comes to walking away, as we talked about last week, there are situations where God is calling us to walk away, to listen to our fear and to walk away. Or there may be a very good health reason for why you shouldn't do the surgery, so you choose not to do it, which is a good thing. It's what you need to do in that moment. But when it comes to those times that we know we have something to do that, that terrifies us, what you've got to get is that doing that hard and scary thing does not mean the fear just magically goes away, right? A lot of people think that when you have one of these incidents, you have this fear that God is going to give you a piece about it and you're just going to move forward. No! God is not going to come in and magically take all that stuff away. What God is, is calling us to do, just like Jesus, is to get courageous or to feel the fear and to do it anyway. Feel the fear and do it anyway. You don't let the fear stop you. Or even though all you want to do as they're wheeling you down to surgery is to jump down and run because the fear is too much, you choose instead to feel the fear and do it anyway. And then what happens when we choose to face our fears or we choose to live courageous lives instead of having these fears run us? That even though walking through that difficult situ situation was one of the hardest things you have ever had to deal with, you wouldn't even wish it on your worst enemy, you will find that this is really the only way to face and overcome those fears that are controlling us. Or think about it uh, according to our example. What happens to people after open heart surgery? 90% of the time they're completely and totally Set free, they go out and live these incredible lives, which are lives that they wouldn't have if they wouldn't have faced that fear. 
Right? So you've got to face your fears so you can overcome them. Or the image that comes to my mind when I think about fears is I think about a ball and chain. Right? So you've got this chain that is wrapped around your leg. You're carrying this thing around. And the truth is, there's so many things that we could go out into the world and do. But this fear, right? it just keeps us from doing what we need to do. For, for, keeps us from going out and being all that we can be. And that's just because we just deny like it's not there. But we've got this ball and chain that's behind us, right? Okay, so now that you get how the paradigm works, now that you can see clearly, it's very simple. What I want to encourage you guys to do is to take whatever fear you're facing in this moment, no matter how big or how small, and instead of living in denial, instead of continuing to run from that fear or trying to do it all by yourself, what I want you to do is face your fears just like Jesus. Accept, pray, respond. Accept, pray, respond, live courageous lives. Because if you will do that, that's where you're going to find the freedom that that you long to have. That's how you're going to be set free. There really is no other way than you've got to face them. You've got to get courageous. Now, again, it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. But if you truly do want that freedom, you've got to face them. You've got to face them head on because that's the only way that you can be set free. So again, accept, pray, respond. Accept, pray, respond. And you will find that that ball and chain can go away so you can live into the life that is truly life. Let us pray. Father, as we continue to uh, wrestle with this idea of fear and what it means in our lives, my prayer today is that you will help us to see that, that you've given us a paradigm, you've given us a way to kind of think about, a way to deal with our fears. And so now that we know it, Lord, now that it's become clear in our minds, help us not just to know it, but to use it, to take that fear that is in our lives that has been running us for so long And instead of denying it, instead of trying to walk away, instead of acting like it's not there, help us to face it. And then walk with us through it as we face it. So that ultimately we can overcome that fear. Or we can take that ball and chain and and we can be set free of it. Because ultimately, oh Lord, we want to live into the lives that you have created us for. But to do that, we've got to face our fears. Lord, it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon, and we hope you are able to join us next week. To learn more about FCC Great Bend, visit us online at firstchristianchurchgb.com. Again, that's firstchristianchurchgb.com. God bless and have a great week.